like fit talk to me, damn it, or else I'm gonna throw you in the fire! You stupid bitch, you filthy! <laughs> Welcome to Flyover State of Fear, and we're back, and we have a great guest today, uh, Trent from Nightmare on Fear Street. How you doing, Trent? I am doing great. I have a drink. I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah, I'm trying not to get COVID, so, you know. Dodging, dodging bullets. You haven't gotten it yet either? I, I have not, and which is weird, because I live, I work in like a, I live in Arkansas, so that tells you. Okay. And I work in like a... Um, assisted living situation so like i'm shocked that i have not gotten it gotcha. wood. well gotten it yet. <laughs> best of luck to you uh, my wife and i we've stayed clear in two years and it's it's like dodging landmines at this point exactly, exactly. so good luck to you in arkansas i think we're uh you're actually fit the flyover name like i'm in jersey which is not a flyover state at all but it's just a good name <laughs> i don't know that we're uh, we're close well, I think that we are to some, but we're not to the Christian conservatives because they all come here, and that puts me on the gotcha <laughs> on the defensive. But here I am. <laughs> all right. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining us today. Um, like we said earlier, uh, we had your co-host on from a previous episode. Uh, Shreish talked about uh, the Conjuring and the Conjuring universe. Uh, so check movies. that out. Yes. And um, so to start it off, as for new listeners, uh, what is your horror origin story? Kind of an answer that however you, you want. Yeah, no, I have always loved to be scared. Um, from I, one, when I the first movie I remember watching is I Know What You Did Last Summer. Like okay. That, I remember that little like ding that it always, you know. Full disclosure, I. I I was wondering because uh, Trent sent a list of movies to pick, and that one I was like, "Oh, we could have picked it." I mean, you could have picked it, and it've been fine. Uh, <laughs> but I watched it recently. I don't have any nostalgia for it. I was like, "This is rough." <laughs> I love it, it's and I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> so um, that's, this makes a little sense. So please continue. Yeah. So you know, growing up, you know, I was born in 1999 or not 1989. Okay. So, Late 90s, early 2000s is like my coming of age in the horror world. Before that, you know, I was still into like Goosebumps, mm-hmm. uh, all the kids kind of. Uh, I know you. Uh, are you uh, afraid of the dark? Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, uh, I love starter horror. Dream, of course, is my favorite franchise, my favorite film of all time. I love it. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I'm completely grown up in that. And, of course, the late '90s, early aughts slashers are my like slashers favorite thing. Slashers in general, but so specifically ni- like '95 to 2002. Mm-hmm. All right. So, sure. what is your, I guess, favorite slasher? Which you kind of answered already, and then underrated slasher? Because I feel like there's two different answers there, right? Yes. 
Yes. I am actually going, of course, my favorite slasher is Scream. Mm -hmm. Uh, Underrated slasher is, I might get some hate on this, but I still know what you did last summer. Okay. Solid sequel. Oh, I still know what you did. A lot of people don't, the twist is silly. I know, I get it. Everyone looks like, <laughs> I get it. The twist is silly. Um, but I didn't, I, I, it got me. I was like, all oh. right. Um, um, yeah. It's I mean, so silly that you're like, that's really it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I haven't, I've literally either blocked it out or don't remember it or never seen it. Like, I can't give you a straight answer on right. that one. And uh, I'm always a fan of the final girls. Sheree likes to say, that I like to pick my heroine at the beginning of the movie, and I have stepped with her the, the final, whole time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my favorite final girl is definitely um, I, I like. I'm a Nancy fan. I'm just Nightmare on Elm Street favorite I slasher. I love the movie Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm not a Nancy fan. Ah, she she's good. Well, I was it, I watching the other day? I am. I'm just gonna skip because we're gonna spend too long. I remember thinking, is this a final girl? It kind of is, and I'm blanking on whatever I was watching. Yeah, it was something like a gray area. Uh, um, so we'll continue on that. Um, but this. Um, so anyway, yeah, you mentioned, and then I kind of want to ask you because you said you like to be scared. Do things still scare you? Oh, all the time. Okay, yeah, no, same, same here. I like pick and choose and. Like, ah, I don't, like, definitely the last movie that really fucked me up was Hereditary. Ooh. Just because yeah. of, like, the, any demon shit or, no thank you. Yeah, or, th- I, please, but. literally, when I, because a lot of people laugh at me when I tell the story, but mm. it, it's true. When I watched the first Paranormal Activity, mm. it didn't necessarily scare, like, when I left the movie, I was fine. But, like, the tension building. Oh, it's, still, it's, it's creepy. Is so great, and by the end of it, I was literally like my feet were on the the like where your butt is in a chair. Yeah. My butt was on the back of the chair. My head was in my hands, and I was sobbing. I would I was so. Up. <laughs> I think I was a senior in high school when that came out. Senior or or, or, or junior, and I remember seeing it. And like I said, it was into it totally tense and then coming home and like just staying in the living room with kind of lights on all night until I fall asleep because it just creep movie itself yeah but like thinking about it fucked me up and then the third one's really creepy mm-hmm. any supernatural stuff always I mean, not always but it can get really scared get yeah scared. that's why I like slashers because they're mm. they're more thrilling and yeah, they're comfort. Like, and, and I'm like okay go 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 like the I know you don't like the movie, but the <laughs> chase scene of Helen, and I know what you did last summer, is like chef's kiss to me. Mm-hmm. When she gets out that cop car and running down with her little prom dress I on. Think I have this. Oh. I think with the, you know, the last summer, too, it's the, it, it's in time to scream as well, but I love scream and it's a different level. It's the scary movie effect. It's like seeing the parodies before you see the, um, you know, and I hate scary movie because of that. <laughs> I know, like my, uh, like, and that happens. I think that happens to a lot of people. My wife's favorite movies, uh, not another teen movie. And like one day, I, we had on she's all that, and she's like, I've never seen this, but I know not another teen know. movie. And that yeah. same shit happens with such conversation about urban legends. You could go listen to or like episode seven of Flyer of State of Film, just for reference. Old and school. listening, Flyer. we're on episode eighty nine. <laughs> um, 
So, but no, they picked Urban Legends, which is a really fun movie. And um, so why'd you, like, what was the thought of picking, a, I think I kind of know just because of, you said of your, like, love of that era, which uh, we're a similar age. I love that era of uh, horror movies. There's a comfort to it. There's a, a slickness where I kind of know none of them are really going to be, like, like, like great to to it's terrifying. Fun. There's yeah. a nice uh, comfort. That's the only yeah. word I can find in that. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I really like. So the reason I picked this movie and I added this to the list was, I feel like this movie is forgotten in that kind of era of slashers and horror films. The 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 post scream. Yeah. Kind of thing that kept happening and I think that's really sad because while this film is not perfect and I'll get no. into reasons why it's not perfect but like it has a really interesting concept like it has a really in there's something there that I'm so, like interesting plus the cast is like top it's top. a great it's a great cast um Jarrett Leto aside it's a great cast oh don't get me started he was <laughs> no, I'm gonna, attractive back then but <laughs> I, I'm gonna no I he I I um actually because of this movie I don't I hate him even more than just his douchebag persona that he puts out there in the world and it's because he like gaslit that interviewer or I don't know if that's the right word of like pretending not to know what this movie is like in 2003. So it wasn't even like today. And he was like, oh, I'm being funny. And she was just asking him questions. And I read, since I read that, I'm like, you piece of shit. She was just trying right. to do her job. Exactly. You were in that movie. It's like, if you go to see um, like every actor or like a lot of actors have a list of things you're not allowed to ask. Right. Like John Cusack angrily enough to me has a list. Like you cannot talk to him about Con Air. Really? That's I love Con Air. We're big Nick Cage fans here. And, um, yeah, I heard it, I think in the How Does He Made podcast, but like John Cusack, like it's a no, no, like you can, and I think a lot of actors have that, yeah. Fuck Jared. but we'll talk about him. And, um, regardless, I mean, he does his job in this movie. Uh, and he was, I, I did a lot of research of our chat as much as to learn about it, the behind the scenes of urban legends. Um, and, and he was basically just cast because they thought he was like, handsome and dark eh, because of uh, my so-called life. I'm like, I get that because he does come off that way in this movie. Yeah. The yeah. character's really, uh, we'll get further into it. It's really like choppy. Um, having said that, I'm just going to read the synopsis real quick of what was the internet. Full disclosure, I just copy and pasted it. I didn't actually read it beforehand, so this is either going to be perfect or way off. Because <laughs> uh, we found that that happens. Right. Um, so, a university is bested by a rash of gruesome murders that resembles old urban legends. When her friend Michelle is killed by someone hiding in her car, uh, Natalie begins to notice the pattern. Her suspicions grow stronger when her own roommate is strangled to death. Soon, the quiet college campus is transformed into a hunting grounds for a maniac, and Natalie struggles to find the killer and stop the bloodshed before she becomes the next victim. Kind of. It's kind of there. Close. I think it gives Natalie a little too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> this is a movie that the oddly, the final girl is probably my least favorite part of this movie. So Alicia DeWitt, um, it's funny men. It was we didn't start off with that. I so she was in The Sopranos. I don't know if you watched all. She played an actress, or yeah, I think she was, or a, a movie producer or something that uh, Christopher Maltasante was like hooking up with. 
and I could only see her in that one lane. Um, cause she kind of, she's a good actress, but she kind of just has the same like tone and confidence in each of her roles. She's also in one of my favorite rom-coms, the last holiday. Um, I've seen it. It's been a minute, but yeah, I- it's great. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Go watch it. Queen Latifah. But she's, I will tell you, I love cheese. I love all cheese, (laughs) cheesy movies. Yeah. It's very cheesy. I love it. I watched it for Christmas. (laughs) uh, It gets me every time. Uh, but Alicia DeWitt's in it and she plays like, um, Elon Musk's like side piece at the end of the day. Like who learns, you know, who learns confidence? Anyway, she has the same tone. So going back, she looks, you know, she really doesn't age like for like 10 plus years. Like Alicia DeWitt looks like Alicia DeWitt. She's a gorgeous long. girl. Yeah. So, so you bring it up, like her being a weak final girl. Um, I think she's all right as a final girl. It's My problem with her as a final girl is not necessarily her performance. It's the writing of her. Because as, as the, the internet said, or tried to say, that she was trying to find out who the killer was. No, she's not. She's trying to convince everyone that it's happening in the first place. Yeah. No one's really believing her. And so she just kind of accepts that. And just yeah. Kind of, oh. And um, for the, as anyone who knows me for, we're going to jump around. I'm going to go through the movie, but you're just bringing up good points because even the, even her, what I thought was a weird, and I have it in my notes. Um, so before I get to that, I guess, um, the girl that dies in the beginning, we're gonna mention that it's it's the guy in the back seat, it's raining, it's um she pulls into a gas station, a little confusing because she honks. So I'm like, are they in New Jersey? But no, they're in um and my, my wife pointed that out. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. She would be going to pump her own gas. Right. Uh, oh, that's wild to be, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we are the only ones, I think us in like Oregon sit in our cars and wait. It's illegal for us to pump. I them. went to an internship once from someone fr- that was not in New Jersey, but someone was from New Jersey and they did not know how to pump their own gas. Yep. I, I went to school in Pennsylvania and it was a <laughs> wake up call. You're like the first time driving over state lines. <laughs> so um so anyway, she's waiting and then we get a great, great uh uh uncredited uh, Brad Dorif as a stutterer, which is like a nod to his character from One Flew Over the Cuckoo, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, who like doing uh, listen? I listened to the audio commentary today, um, and they were like, "Oh, he said he would never play a stutterer again. Like he was nominated for an Oscar for his One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So he does play a stutterer yeah. again. It's a fun role. He's creepy. She's not listening." He tries to warn her. He sees someone in the back, but he can't because the stutter. She gets in. She gets slashed. Yeah, definitely our first red herring of the film. Yeah, there's and, a lot of red herrings in this movie, and uh, yeah, there is a ton of them. And, and I think that's one of the things this movie actually gets right is that I honestly, well, spoiler alert, everyone, I did yeah. not expect. I did the first time I watched it, of course. Sure. I did not expect Rebecca Gayhart to be the killer until she, I was like. What? Yeah, it it they they really wait. I mean, you wait to last like fifteen minutes of the movie for that reveal, which you think she's been kidnapped by the killer. Yeah, which is long. And uh, listening to the commentary, the director or writer, I lost like who was talking at a certain point. Even though the director is Australian, and um, <laughs> but still, uh, he was like everything else. He'd be like, "That's an homage to um." To, to this and uh-huh. this, like everything in this movie. Um, 
And it was kind of interesting too to listen to a lot of it. And I have the shout factory. The, the shout factory copy of this is really a good uh, piece of physical media. There's a lot of special features. Um, I could have sworn, like just watching this, this is something that got hacked up, like from a script right, and then that's what we saw. Like, like kind of like Scream, like a Scream Three. It's not. They are yeah. very like the guy wrote it. He was a first time writer, and uh. They loved it, and the person came in to clean the script up, said it was great, and just added a couple of jokes, and that's like what they're going with. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then it's a first-time director too, and it's kind of cool how he, fun fact, how he got to direct this. He made his own. Speaking of, I know you did last summer. He made his own. He was in Australia. He made a trailer for I know what you did last summer with his own actors. Cut the trailer together. Is all styled. That it uses that nice warp face uh-huh. that uh alicia dewitt and uh, alicia that uh rebecca gayhart's in at the end when she and he cut that together and then this uh phoenix i think was the one who produced it we're like yeah this guy this it so guy cut a trailer never made a movie That's make it. yeah um but so um so we're so we're there and then we cut to um the friend set of uh because the coffee shop of these kids sitting around and it reminds, it just reminds me of the friend set. I, I was going to say, very friends of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're hanging out and, oh, actually no, before that we get a very, um, sexual, um, terror read. Oh yeah. The radio. Yes. And yeah. Truth and why, <laughs> uh, yeah. This is pre-American pie post, uh, post big Lebowski terror read too. Yeah. Yeah. And, Very um, early to read, and she's great. Yeah, and she's like having fun with it, and she's she's doing like a sex hotline, which is really funny because it's just college radio, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and she's kind of acting like it's a pot, like it is a video podcast. She's acting like a podcast. She's jerking off the microphone, but then she has two microphones, which is a makes, what? <laughs> makes no sense. <laughs> but it's fun. So, but then I believe we cut to the kids in a coffee shop, and they're. Um, are, they're talking about are the urban legends, I believe, because mm-hmm. uh, there's a class. The big class on campus is urban legend, which I wish I could take that class. Right. Um, and we're introduced to our cast of characters, which is such it is such a good cast. Um, we it have late 90s, early odds, perfection. Yeah, we have. We already mentioned Alicia DeWitt, um, Re- Rebecca Gayhart, Joshua Jackson, who uh, has the blonde hair because he's didn't he had to still do reshoots for. Uh, for cruel intentions. Yeah. Oh yeah, cruel intentions, right? And um, he's great in this movie too, um, as just like the sleazy friend. The early, yeah, the early yeah. kill sleazy friend. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Michael Rosenbaum, who was doing his best. Um, God, what's his name? Uh, Stu from uh, Scream. Oh, all right. Yeah. 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 He's uh, doing his Matthew Lillard. Yeah, he's doing his best Matthew Lillard impression. And that, those are our kids. Yes. Um, by kids, I mean they all look thirty. Uh, it's early. Uh, it's not it's like early. Odds, you know, I don't know if you fe- felt this. Like, neither of us are like you. I mean, we're not in our early twenties, or you know, but we're not that old. But we're not that young. And right. I'm like, I still feel like I look younger than these people who are probably younger than me doing right. those roles. <laughs> I think it's just the '90s aesthetic. Yes. Yes. Um. So. All right. 
Um, just um, so yeah, no, anything to about the the, the coffee shop because it's really just an introduction. It's a good introduction. I, I, and I will say that writing wise, this is a um, a really positive for the the writers of this film is that you really got a sense of who each of these characters were mm -hmm. in this very short scene. Yeah, got uh, you know, uh, Alicia DeWitt is very soft and kind of just goes along with everybody. Rebecca Gayhart, while in hindsight, yeah, she seems a little like she's she's moving this this conversation along, she's, you know. She's like spunky. Yeah, that's the, like, um, and Jared Leto comes in and like you know Rebecca Gayhart that makes it obvious she has a crush on him, and yeah, he's super serious journalist, like way way too serious for college journalism. Does he say almost one of the college Pulitzer? Yeah, <laughs> and. And it's like, all right, man, like, because the, 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 and the campus is uh, Pendleton. Yes. Is that all right? Yes, Pendleton. Pendleton. Uh, and what's really fun Easter egg about that, and I wasn't able to get the translation, but the crest, so the crest in Latin, which, once again, a, it's an, even Google it there, but it translates to uh, the best friend did it, which is such a fun, like, that is odd. Uh, you know, production. Yeah. yeah. So. She did. <laughs> um, and, and she did do it. Um, that's what I wanted to bring up. So Natalie is our, uh, yeah, our final girl and our, our protagonist. And earlier when the girl dies, you know, we have no relation. And there's kind of revealed this girl had died and everything. I'm jumping around a little bit. Yeah. My one question is, if she wanted to keep it secret that she didn't know this girl. Right, I know this is jumping there. Yeah, why they go to the same college? Right, and like it's it's yeah. like you had an accident yeah. together. You didn't like you didn't do what I know you did last time. You didn't murder someone together. Or, I mean, you, right. you kind of did, but like it, it's it's I mean, you didn't cover it up. Like, yeah, yeah. so that like scratched my head. But I'm skipping around, and then we get um. We get a cut to the urban legend class, and it's taught by another in Robert England. This movie's riddled with like great horror, like yes. character actors and icons. Another great red herring in this film, Robert. I was I was convinced it was Robert England. You thought it was going to be Robert England? Well, until they found all the stuff in it, and like, okay, that's too easy. That's too yeah. I, I this is yeah. This is a movie that I like. Remember watching as a kid, like either rental, but also being terrified. So like. Uh, still, uh, it still scares me to hell. And uh, one of my biggest fears is like Bloody Mary. Mm -hmm. And I just remember that from this movie. As she says, yeah. <laughs> and I, and I either turned it off or finished watching it, you know? Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And I feel like this movie was on USA a lot. Oh, definitely. This yeah. is a very, like, you could easily cut this to make it safe for television. <laughs> well, that was a big thing. They didn't want um, gore in this movie, so, like... It, this was very... It feels like this is really, of course, trying to replicate the magic that was Scream mm -hmm. and, uh, and, its pre and its sequels, but it also felt like it was trying to mimic a little bit of I Know What You Did Last Summer because... Oh, it definitely was. ...of the fact that because they both were very popular movies, um, it, but uh, I know what you did last summer has very little gore and blood in it. Right? I'm gonna give I know what you did last summer another watch after just mentioning it so many times. Um, 
they uh yeah they, it's interesting to hear that because like i said i listened to commentary and it was kind of funny because it was either the writer or the director and i think it was the writer being like it's great scream gave us the all these movies were able to get made because of scream yes save the franchise or save As, the genre yeah and the I want to say it was the director was like, yeah, but it bothers me that the only every time someone talks about my movie, it's just compared to it. And I'm like, well, it's very comparable, I, especially like they steal from they, they literally have actors from Scream Two in it, uh, Joshua Jackson and uh, Rebecca Gayhart. Rebecca Gayhart, you're right. She was a sorority yeah. girl. So they and you know they, and and then especially with Scream Two, they're both in college, and then fuck. Even Scream 3 in uh, Urban Legends, the final cut, the yeah. sequel, which is the or in films. Yes, exactly. Uh, and, and, and I will say, and, I, and uh, you know, I would hope that this director has since kind of, or writer or whatever, has come around to saying that being compared to like one I of the best horror franchises of all time is not a bad thing. I think he did. Like, it wasn't, like, said, I don't think, in jest. It was just kind of said. And I was like, that's an odd thing to put on a commentary, you know? Yeah, like, the, because, I mean, I wish I was compared to, like, <laughs> the best people of all time. Like, that would be yeah. great. <laughs> uh, that would be nice. Um, so, um, speaking of Robert England, um, it's also cool to see another movie I did on uh, this podcast recently. It was called Jack Brooks Monster Slayer. And that has a... Uh, Robert England as a professor in it and he's actually like not the villain he's he's the the entity that the 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 evil gets through okay I don't know yeah it's a fun movie but it's similar yeah. like doing the lecture hamming it up I love when we see a, a Robert England show up in these tinier horror movies and um it's so funny that he does the pop rocks and coke I mean they use a pepsi but <laughs> Um, I heard that before. Like I remember watching this. I was like, the first time I was like, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, that was always the Mikey and like I feel, you know. Mikey likes it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's such a dramatic scene too because like you're watching him. Like no one would think he's just dying. Um, what was funny about it, I, the DVD had um, the TV spots, so I watched them. And one of the sections of TV spots, like the 15 second ads, were Pop Rocks and Coke. And showed that scene, and then it would go to, like, a little, like, description of the movie, like, voiceover. And they did that for, like, three of the urban legends, like... Right, like, right. Uh, I love and I'm like, Pop Rocks and Coke, like, it's such the least dramatic one to be advertising your movie with. Right. Yeah, especially, like, because even when they... Because they do end up using Pop Rocks and not Coke, but, like... Oh, yeah. In, in the death zone, maybe we should skip ahead. Nah, that's my favorite kill of the movie oh it's so great and i'm like but i'm also like you could have just put the drain clip like you didn't need the pop well pop we really gotta tie it color <laughs> some of the kills are a little thin with the urban legend right. um <laughs> and my one issue uh and i'm actually glad i listened to the commentary because uh i earlier mentioned bloody mary actually so this ties in the next thing the girls like go to an old building to say bloody mary Without, like, come on, that's, you say the name, I mean, it varies three or five times depending who you remember, in front of the mirror with the lights off, not in front of a, a, a door. Right. And that, I'm like, who advised that? And then finding out the director actually had no idea what the urban legend was. Oh, no. Yeah. I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. sense. That tracks. 
so my fake memory, my uh, Mandela effect of that is I thought there was someone doing that and they killed them in a way of like popping out the window about the mirror. Oh, yeah. just like something I had made up in my head. Yeah. Um, well, I, there, there is a, a third urban legend. Yeah, I know. It's not very good. But they do spiders. Use bloody- they usually, yeah, they use bloody yeah. in that too. Remember watching that? Like, I remember seeing that probably middle school or something. Yeah. And like I said, being scared of the the, the concept of it because it scares me. But I vividly remember that movie has really, really, really bad CGI yeah. spies. Right. Yes, yes. Um, so another thing the killer also uh, failed to mention so far is it wears a parka. Yes. Um, and this movie I think would be much more moodier if they they were able to get so they were wanted to do it in the snow or an ice storm and that's why the park is there so they just kept it from the first draft of the script oh gotcha yeah. and, and i think you'd have a little bit more atmosphere if it had that. that because yeah i mean you think about in those like that that time frame of slashers you have the the iconic ghost face of course yeah then you have the iconic Fish. Slicker. Yeah. yeah. Fisherman. And then this one just kind of feels like he doesn't fit. The it's there's the no um yeah, there's no iconography there, right? It's just like a t shirt or like like I feel like my wife has that 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 winter coat that has the fur around it, right? Yeah. There is a scene later on which we'll get to, but I do think that having the coat makes it a little more effective but i no it works i think it, yeah. it's because it, it hides the face um one thing i really like what they did with this movie um which again we're I, whatever who cares we're jumping around um at the end when you get a phone call like the check uh, it was when she's talking to the killer's talking to um uh, natalie no to, to michael rosenbaum yes they actually used rebecca gayhart and like hid the voice and you could hear a feminine voice in it which yeah compared to scream that this does better i know the scream voice is iconic those voice changers like you could still hear the 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 other person i i have a very deep voice so maybe not my voice but like probably like a woman's voice like yeah like um, probably like scrambled up a little bit right like i remember the scream masks like it didn't always come out as (laughs) right the hot yeah, and like Mrs. Loomis. You're going to hear Mrs. Loomis. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> um, another, um, another thing I want to point out, just uh, sorry, we're still in the beginning of this movie, is um, the girl who dies in the beginning, his name is, uh, what's her name, Natalie? Yes. No, Natalie's the... No, Natalie's... Anyway, her last name is Mancini, which I think is a nod to, uh, to Don Mancini from Child's Play. Yes. Um, I just thought that was cool. So this movie's riddled. Speaking of another riddled thing, um, Natalie Alicia DeWitt goes come home to her dorm, and she has uh, the gothiest roommate of all time, goth for goth, Daniel Harris, Daniel Harris another horror icon. Yes. And uh, she's just surfing the net. <laughs> she sure is. Goth. Uh, but but wait, before we get there, I do want to mention that I do think another really great red herring that this film uses is the um, the whole backstory of the previous murders that happened. Because I kept expecting something to there's something with that. There's something that is going to happen with this whole like mm-hmm. urban legend of oh this yeah, film. 
I'm sorry. That's always a forgotten thing. Whenever I talk about this movie, the, yeah. the previous uh, hall massacre. Because that's the that's the hall that they're standing in front of when she says Bloody Mary. Yeah. Thank, no, thank you for bringing that up because it's definitely like a a big point of the plot of this yeah. movie to make things happen because um, it's such a it's it's a fun movie and it's such a ridiculous like premise that. Everyone on board, everyone on campus is so into urban legends. And, like, I think, what, by time they're probably from 19 to 21, college age, 18, like, half of us are, like, into that stuff and talking about it, but it's not our whole personalities. Like, right. Like, I don't know if you were like this, but when I was in middle school and elementary school, like, those are the books I would go, like, to the library and read all the spooky, like, you know, urban legend books or, like, we're in Jersey, so, like, Jersey Devil. They're full, like, books of, like... I never read them, like, look at the pictures and get scared. Like, right. that's the class they're taking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the whole, you know, which is all from inside the house, which comes from film, but not, you know, it is, it is kind um, of as well. Yeah, I think that one, um, and I was going to ask you what your favorite urban legend was a little later, but that one I, I feel like is more like the, uh, one of my favorites is the clown statue. I don't know if you're familiar with that urban legend. Um, so that's, that's basically, I guess that's not the call from inside the house call. There is a call kind of, that's like when a stranger calls, you know, mm-hmm. um, no clown statue, which would have been great usage of this. It's a babysitter and she's watching kids and the, there's a, a clown statue and she's really creeped out by it. So she calls, she puts the kids to bed and she calls the, she calls the parents and she's like, yo, can I move the, the clown statue? It's really bothering me. Like, we don't have a clown statue. So it's and it, it turns out to be like a, a catatonic um, midget clown that or little per, sorry, little person clown that uh that uh so Google it. There's some good YouTube made of it. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. No. Yeah. My favorite uh, urban legend is probably utilized in this film, and we'll get to it. But it's um uh oh, I didn't even know what you were going to say. Uh, Derek's kill of being hung above the. Oh no, that wouldn't be okay. Yeah, no, I just I love that whole ultimatum of you don't know what is above you, but uh-huh. really it's like because I, I I'm such an overthinker of things. I would like <laughs> would you drive away? You're on a date and like go out to check this stuff. Would you drive away? Probably from that or <laughs> probably and then say sorry later. <laughs> Peace but out. But like my fight or flight reflexes are very real, and they're usually flight. <laughs> uh, I. I want to say I'd probably fight, but I probably I would probably flee. That's I probably flee. I, so. You don't know who's on what's on top of your car. Yeah, things. That one, you know, it's good. That one's so fucking good. So we do find out the girl dies. Uh, Natalie's. We reveal Natalie knew her, but she's lying about it. We kind of mentioned that earlier. Yes. yes. And then uh, Joshua Jackson, blonde hair, goes to goes to um, console her, but he just wants to get in her pants. Yes. Um, I love when he turns on the radio and the oh, string theme plays. It's perfect. It's a great <laughs> bit. And I think it probably holds up better today because yeah. not as many people of a certain age are going to get the reference. So it's yeah. not as um, like tongue in cheek to like me or you. Right. 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 Um, so and then so he's there and like uh, Charlie was just mentioning um, he she turns him down and I do think it's like it's a good scene because it doesn't go off like so creepy as like 
portrayed wrongly, I think the scene could just completely fail. That, well, and, I, and one of the things I really like about this scene is that it doesn't let him off the hook, even though he's not being creepy. He's still being an asshole. No, he's being a creep and an asshole. I just mean, like, it's not going to feel dirty, where I'm like, that scene was scary, but for a different reason. Oh, yeah, no, I'm yeah. glad it didn't go to the point of, like, like sexual assault. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what I mean, like, in the wrong hands, like. I've probably yeah. mentioned more than once on this show. If Rob Zombie directed this movie, that would just happen. Ugh. And he'd be like, oh, isn't it metal? Yeah, and I'd be like, no, Rob, stop. Um, <laughs> just someone stop Rob Zombie, please. I've said this many times. But, uh, <laughs> I, but I do like that it still, it doesn't, while he doesn't go the full extreme, she's not like, oh, it's fine. You're good. It's mm-hmm. all good now. We got it figured out. No, she's no. like, no. Dude, take me the fuck home. That's why I like her uh, final girl a little bit, though, because she is, like, strong-willed like that. But they're all strong-willed at this point. That's the one scene that I'm like, I'm with you, Natalie. And the so, rest of like, I forget about you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but she he leaves to go take a piss. And he gets hung up on a tree. And the killer wraps the rope around the car. So... Essentially, Natalie, when she drives away, is doing the hanging. Yeah. And like Trent said, the feet scraping on top. It's a very cool kill. Um, and then and then Natalie gets back. She actually sees it. She like goes out, yeah. looks at it. And she goes in reverse, and he falls out. He mm-hmm. falls yeah. on top of her, essentially. Yeah. So she, she gets away, and then she goes back to Central Perk. And um, and she tells her friends in the coffee shop, and they're like, "That's what I don't have the names next to me. Sorry. Um, that that's that's just Dawson's Derek. Creek, man. That's just Derek. He, you know, he's a prankster. That's he went it. up to yeah. he went to Killington. Like we'll be fine. And and I don't know how that. She's like, okay. She's kind of like, okay. I know what I saw. And then this is when the rest of the movie then becomes her trying to be like, there's someone killing these people. Listen to me. And then when does she does she go that night to Loretta Devine, the police officer? Oh yeah. So that's another. I failed to mention Loretta Devine, who's playing Reese. I love her character. She's so she much is, fun. She's the final girl. In my <laughs> uh, well, her personality made them write more of her character in it, and like, she got put in the sequel. Yeah. And it was weird. <laughs> it was interesting too because they were like listening to the commentary and like some of the IMDb trivia. They're like, yeah, like I don't know where this would have fit in in the story, but like they wrote that character to have like lesbian sex scenes. Like, I would but, love it, but that's yeah, how it's, I, you would put that in the movie. <laughs> I'm just, I was more wondering where does that fit? They're like, yeah, earlier in the movie. Like, and I'm like, where does that fit in the cop character like, bits? Having sex in the security office especially like like 90s it wouldn't be like she casually had a girlfriend you know right right it would have been a big yeah like oh she's and she's probably getting down one of the students and uh, Uh, like that yeah it was such a interesting insight because we know like uh, scripts change right um i'm glad it had i'm glad it it did the way yeah i I saw what i saw (laughs) she's used in the movie uh very well like just Peppered in, I, like the, the. You meet her and she's got her gun out. She's copying. She's, um, uh, Pam Greer is coffee. Yes, yes. Yeah, she's watching Pam coffee. Greer. Pam right. Greer, and uh, which is great because you get a callback to like that um, the, the iconic uh, 
So I'm not. This is where I'm not sure if it's Pam, if it's Coffee or Foxy, Foxy Brown. It's Foxy Brown. That's her favorite character. She always. Yeah, she, but the, she's watching Coffee. Okay. That's I don't think they couldn't get the rights to the coffee. But either way, she's watching black exploitation yeah. films. Right. And she's she um she then she references later, which fucking rules. Um, <laughs> but. So, her. and if you haven't anyone listening, um, it's not that, but watch uh, Jackie Brown, because Pam Greer is excellent in that movie. Um, great. I love her. So, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wiki, just so we're on track. Okay, yeah, so I know we've jumped around a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, we jumped around. It's perfect. I want to talk about other kills and all this stuff, but I'm, I'm trying to stay on. Um, oh, no, it's not I think Daniel Harris is the next kill. So, yeah, Daniel Harris. We meet her. We already said that. We meet her roommate. And but then she goes back that night, and once again she's distressed, but she's kind of like over it uh, now. You know, she's ready to go to bed, and she's already we've already seen her roommate like banging in the open, yeah. like egregiously. Oh, Where is it's a show, right? Um, and, and but this time she sees her, and she's being strangled, and uh, you know what, Natalie? I think like this is the one where like really have to take suspension of disbelief because I'm like she there could have been some better sign of her to be like look, look at me listen yeah. <laughs> i mean she doesn't turn the light on so you no. don't know how much visibility there is for natalie in that scene so sure. I, that helps me just you know yeah it's and, and, um, a little so bit she basically now we're in territory of i think as audiences okay the killer is just fucking with specifically natalie yes because she wakes up and her roommate's dead and there's the big another urban legend. It's probably the most gory part of this film is when yeah she, that and the dog. Oh yeah, well, yeah um yes. that um so she, on the wall. This is one of my favorite urban legends that's in the movie. Um, you should have turned the lights on. Yeah, aren't, or, says, aren't you glad you didn't? Aren't turn, you glad you didn't turn the lights on? Which makes it so like oh, ugh, am I getting like shit? <laughs> am I getting my urban legend mixed up? That's also humans can look too, right? I don't know that one. Oh God! Oh, I've always heard the. Aren't you glad you didn't turn the lights on? Oh, okay. So I thought they were the same. Okay. All right. This is great. This is great stuff. So uh, humans collect two is a kid or it's however you want to tell it, kid, girl, whatever. They put their hand under the bed to let a, their dog lick lick their hand and no comfort there. And then essentially they do that one day and lick, and then they go to the bathroom and there's the thing of. Uh, I actually think glad you didn't turn lights on, but like humans can lick too, and it was really a a, a, a deranged person under the bed. You yeah. should like look. There's probably great like visual representation of these on YouTube. Terrifying. Okay, yeah. <laughs> For some, I was like I said, I was big into like reading all, getting myself scared as hell as a kid. <laughs> um. So, aren't you glad you didn't turn the lights on? Another urban legend. Now we kind of got a serial killer on campus, and then at this point. Jarrett Leto's already written a full front page story and the campus wants to shut it down because Pendleton's the number one safest school in America. Um, it's kind of looks like Princeton University a little bit. I know they used like University of Toronto. Um, I, I live near Princeton. I live near Princeton. That's kind of why I bring that up. So it, like it has a similar feel of like a campus. It is very like, yeah, like very regal. Prestigious. Yes. Like, the people in it sucks, but they have a good record shop in that town. But um, 
You would think they'd have good bars. The full insight. You think they they're terrible. All terrible yeah. bars. Oh no, that's us. Yeah. So, but um, so this this Wikipedia is hurting my brain. Um, yeah, to, she tried to tell them that Danielle Harris's character, which I can't think of her name right now, but that she was murdered, mm-hmm. and the, and they're like, no, no, she was not. It was yeah. suicide. And she was like. I mean, she was, my, my, this is so early, it's like late 90s, early 2000s, she was, they were like, are you aware your roommate was depressed? And she said, <laughs> she painted half the room black. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, way to generalize there, what is it like the color black? That's just her for like, goth, depressed, <laughs> goth for goth. Um, and they try to make Daniel Howard as big of a bitch as they could, which was like really hard to do. Because so, she sounds so sweet, which, but, but I did like, I liked her being able to be like, let me be exact opposite of what everyone thinks I should be. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And then we have, um, uh, sorry, then they, they do get in the investigation. And this kind of like where Natalie does, in fact, let the, um, Paul's kind of the only one that's in on it. But he really just wants his like journalism integrity and blah, blah, blah. Um, and we, he, they find out that the massacre was real that you mentioned earlier. So that, that's a big yes. part of this. And we do have another red herring, the janitor, the janitor. Um, Who I, he, that was probably my biggest other than Rob, uh, after I was like, not Robert England. I was like, okay, it's the janitor. Cause he is creepy as fuck. Yeah. He's the doomsday mouth, you know? Um, and, uh, so they find out, you know, him and Professor Lexler were the only survivors. And don't they say that um, the gas attendant was already arrested for the first girl's birth? Yes, that is going on right now. So they've already like, saw, solved that. They're all like, no, we, we, we got that. Um, right. And then and we, we find out that the... Uh, they were the only survivors, and so it really puts the limelight on them, because you're like, there's got to be a connection, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we're at, I think we're at three murders. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to quickly, uh, Dean Adams gets murdered quickly, the Dean does. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets the ankle slash, you know, someone's Terrifying. on your car. Terrifying. Yeah, that, and then that always reminds me just of um, the gruesome version of that from Hostel. Oh, I can't watch those. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's a, there's like, a, this is just an Achilles. It's it's very like, but you, you know, it's hostile, so you right. can't see it. <laughs> right, right. No, it reminds me of the original Pet Cemetery where the little boy is like under the yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we then go to. Uh, I'm gonna just jump up a little bit here. There's a party going on to honor the the massacre. It should be a fucking Halloween party. Once again, I love theme parties. It's so hard to get that many people on board with the themed party. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Right. But they're all in their different um, – there's a lot of little Easter eggs of what people are wearing and whatnot for, like, urban legend nods. Uh, we got a fun little scene of um, this uh, nerdy guy talking to uh, Tara Reid about Love the Roller Coaster, that that screams real. And hers is the one – her murder when hers happened – it's supposed to be that scream oh. recording because the only mo- it's only a death in the movie that truly doesn't have like an obvious urban oh. legend to it. Right, right. She just falls off of the the staircase 
And I think when she gets flashed, right? No, she she's oh, this sorry. is why I like Tara Reed's character because number one, she puts her boyfriend in his place, and I'm always a fan of that. But like um, <laughs> and then she goes, No, she falls and like breaks her legs essentially. Oh yeah. And then because I, I promise I watched this last night and I did too. <laughs> I, I just I mean tuck and roll, girl, tuck and roll, but she landed straight on her legs and essentially I think broke both of them, mm. but she still gets away from him. Which is which is great her. because you have that like with the fall and it made the comment when I was watching it, you'd have that energy to to at least get away because it's not that big of a drop. No, right. You're you're hurt, you're injured, but you're not dead. Sure. So and she gets back upstairs and then we cut back to the party because I think her boyfriend dies before she does. I forget her boyfriend fucking dies. And then oh her boyfriend's uh the Drano. Yeah, her boyfriend's my favorite kill of the Drano. Um, so that's happening, and, and that's why I think um, Tara Reed's death does is supposed to be the scream because we hear her scream and it cuts into the music. Right. So that one's a little stretch because they're listening scene. to this whole thing because they have for some reason have her radio station playing at this party. Yeah, and that, she's still on mic. That, <laughs> right. uh, that classic twenty-four hour campus college radio station. <laughs> um, Natalie hears it, and Natalie goes. Because that's when she dies. Natalie but gets into the bottom yeah. lobby area, and Tara Reed sees her and gets up and starts screaming for her. The killer comes in and hits don't, her. Don't you feel that um, her radio voice, which was a little more in the movie, would be almost like um, uh, the wet hot American summer bit, where it's actually talking to no one. The right. kids, you know, it's not plugged into anything. That would be funny. Um, yeah, they, uh, you know, this movie might have got away with it. Like, listening to the commentary, it almost sounded like they wanted to add a lot more gags in it, and they tried to tame themselves a little bit. Um, so we're at the party, and I like like before we get to the Drano kill, like Alicia DeWitt and uh, Jarrett Leto, they're getting involved, and. We have found out at this point, by the way, I think a major oversight is the cover-up of her character. Mm-hmm. Of That she knew the girl, they played a print, they were doing the headlights, urban legend, flash the lights, um, and they, they, they killed someone, basically. Right. And right. In, a, in an accident. And that's why earlier I kind of said, it scratches my head of why this would be the big secret that I don't know her, but... As, as my wife pointed out, who the fuck brings a yearbook to to uh, to college? Right, right. Um, I think I said I said I remember a couple girls bringing their yearbooks, but <laughs> I don't remember any of that. I kind of <laughs> do, but I I could be making that up, you know. Like I know I showed it to me because I might have made some shady comments, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but either way, uh, her and Jared Leto are like bonding over the connecting, and then. The most unrealistic part of this movie is uh, Rebecca Gayhard walks in with two glass beer mugs. No college party would have those beautifully crisp, cheers-style beer cups. mugs. Solo cups. As solo a cups. as a professional drinker, that was the the most egregious part. I'm not a professional drinker, but I love the. Anyway, I'm just joking there. But she comes in, and, and <laughs> um, it has been established that she likes Jared Leto. She's all like, oh. What the hell? Um, and then we cut to um, oh yeah, because yeah, 
Yeah, this is all at the same party, so we're, it's good. Timelines are weird in this moment in the movie for me, but yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. why I kind of like once get confused with some of the stuff because they are weird. Um, she, uh, I'm gonna jump back. We're at uh, Michael Rosenbaum, who really is the funnest part because he is the Matthew Lillard of this movie, and yes. uh, fun. The, the funnest Frank's he kind of like Rebecca Gayhart, like knows what movie he's in, and he's hamming it up, and he's playing this guy. That's why I think I think Loretta Devine, Rebecca Gayhart, um, that dude that you said I can't think of his name right now, but um, Matthew Lillard. Yeah, not Matthew. Lillard. Uh, that, uh, right. Yeah, uh, uh, Michael Rosenbaum, who's yes. Lex Luthor in um, Smallville. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. They all know what movie they're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Natalie and uh, oh God, what's his name? Jared Leto. I'm saying character and actor names. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. You say yeah, their, their names, and I say their uh, their actors' names all the time. Yeah, I, I get them mixed up all the time. But um, they don't seem to know no. that this is fun. <laughs> yeah, and it is a fun movie. Like, the movie lets you know it's fun. Um, and But uh, Michael Rosenbaum gets this call, and he's like, oh, it's coming from inside the house, and he thinks it's Derek. Because um, all the Joshua Jackson messing with him, and they never left. Right. and the most like out of left field part of this movie is he's like, "What about your dog?" And then they put the dog in this fucking microwave Ugh. because it's an urban legend that I was not that familiar with of that the old lady dried her dog out in the microwave. I have not either, but because he says when he's on the phone, he says, "Oh, I know this one. This is the one where the phone, the calls from yeah. the house." And the dude's like, or the girl, I can say, yes. know who the killer is. But anyway. Uh, Rebecca Gayhart is like, no, this is the one where the old lady dried her dog in the microwave. Yes, and it's great. And that's what we were talking earlier. Like, I like how they did the voice. They had her yes. do it with the thing. And I, that's right. Also, another thing that's weird, kind of a red flag here, he just left the kitchen. Oh, He's th- in the kitchen when the phone rings. Trent, the... the <laughs> Logical. The, uh, the logic yeah. and the... Um, <laughs> The continuity of this movie don't quite work, especially like I'm so so I I just started doing that for this show. I just started like watching the commentaries, <laughs> right? And and I've been listening to like podcasts almost while I work. I'm recording where I work. I work from home, <laughs> and um, they sounded like a lot of things were like great one take. Like they didn't have time to do a lot like retakes or re like things. Yeah, yeah. like gotten the call in the living room or mm-hmm. in the bathroom or somewhere. Because, yeah. But I mean, I guess they could have put it in on 30 seconds. Yeah. It was an explosion. And, and there is no, there is nothing in that microwave that looks doggish. Yeah. It's <laughs> gruesome. It's definitely the most gruesome thing. And he's like, Oh no. And he's running around and then he gets thrown into another room, the bathroom and basically mm-hmm. takes but a really cool them. looking metal beer bong. And puts it in the mouth with Drano and Pop Rocks, and he has a very like scene. Yes. And um, yeah, that one I like that. I like that um, aesthetically, like how it was edited, and then a good callback to our like history class. Yes. Because uh, then after that is when we go to Tara Reid at yeah. the radio station and her death. Okay, so we whatever whoever is listening, you know what we, you know what you're in for. Um, <laughs> And then this is when 
sorry, this is when party goer, Paul, they were responsible. Yeah, that all happens. They leave the party. They realize yes, Paul tells uh, Natalie to stay there, mm-hmm. and he's going to go figure this out. Red yeah, flag. but and then Natalie hears Tara read, and she's like, "No, I've got to go help my friend." Yeah, and, and then, then they, when they, Tara reads death. She sees uh, Rebecca Gayhart, which yeah. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> thank you for putting that in the order. It, needs. it just made sense to me. I was like, "Ding!" <laughs> yeah. Um, and they go through, and then they. They find like solace in the the janitor. Or am I am I jumping way too? No. Well, we did miss earlier because this is a good point that before the party, um, they sneak into uh, Robert England's office. Yes. To find that like hidden room of with like the because yeah, Robert England fun. really disappears after his class. Yes, because he's yeah he's dead. He's Robert England when Reese finds him. Uh, but they find so he Paul gets kicked off the ma- the newspaper. Um, I can't remember what happens to Natalie, but something. But anyway, because um, then after this scene, she goes to Paul's so go, apartment or yeah. dorm room or whatever it is. So I got it. So Natalie soon finds Paul and Brenda on campus. Paul's convinced that Wexler is responsible, and he escorts them to the car. They stop at the gas station while Paul's inside. Natalie and Brenda find out Wexler's mutated body in the trunk. Yes. And then the two women flee. And now I'm just reading the Wikipedia, so I really am apologize for anyone listening. I'm just <laughs> trying to. Um, they become separated, and, and Natalie, like, that's when they flag down the janitor, and he picks them up. And like once again, he's a creepy guy, but he, he only, he he only picks up. He only picks Natalie up. Yeah. Oh, about they, they, they split. She just Gayhart's going to do her own thing now. Yeah, she's going to light all those fucking candles. <laughs> uh, I, I, we'll get to it in two seconds. Um, yeah, they, and then we do get a really fun, but once again, this movie don't make much sense, and there's a reason for it not to make much sense. But we get a great body maze when they're inside the burned down the the massacre hall. Yes. Yes. Um, all the bodies you've seen dead kind of pop up. Joshua Jackson's there. Just uh, to go around him, which because he's on like a meat hook. Yeah. Uh, a lot of meat hook in the hallway and in the dorm. But. So, um, <laughs> it's definitely a cop-out, but I, I, I like, uh, so they explain, because the question is, and we've revealed it, uh, Rebecca Hart's the killer. Yes. Well, I, and right before this, or during this, there's a cut of Reese, because we go back to Reese. Yeah. And she finds Tara Reed's body mm-hmm. at the radio station. So now she knows stuff's going down. Um, and then she is trying to call for help. And they're like, well, with the storm, we might not get to you. for." And she's like, there are dead bodies. <laughs> Can we please have some urgency here? <laughs> it, it's perfect. It's perfect. She's the only character that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And then you find out she's like, the goddamn cops do nothing. No, they do nothing. They do nothing. And to she help calls her. it out, which is so refreshing. Right. Because <laughs> like, you know, she's she's a security guard and like a wannabe cop, but she's about justice. Yes. She's about helping the people. And and I mean to be fair, she shouldn't believe Natalie when Natalie was like, he died. Oh <laughs> no, they called him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is it, flimsy at sometimes. Um and then we get like the big the, uh, we go to the hall and she gets up there 
and Natalie is like distraught and scared, and she's the final girl moment, and she sees Brenda chained up on the bed, and this is when I bring up the goddamn candles, the number one pet peeve of mine in in movies and TVs. There's a lot of candles. <laughs> is who who bought and lit all of these candles? They're not on plates. It's a fire hazard. Like, and I'm talking about a rundown dorm, which could very easily catch on fire. I'm talking about everywhere. It's just like I call it out everything we see, everything I say. Like friends, when Chandler proposes uh, to Monica, <laughs> got a lot of candles. It looks beautiful. Maybe that's what maybe that's what they were trying to like make a little funny pun on. I don't know. Uh, no, they definitely weren't. <laughs> but it was just a cool look. It's just a cool look. It, I, it, I'm just, it, yeah, I'm just being an ass. It's um, not practical, but it does look pretty. It looks cool. But she's on the bed in, like, a ritualistic way. Yes. Like, you and, think she's the victim. And yeah, going to save her. And then we get her coming back to life. Great turn. And she fucking her, sells this oh, harder than anyone. Like, she's a really, really fun um, uh, killer. And it's really reminiscent of, did you guys cover, or did you guys watch, um, is new, to, a little more modern, um, The Loved Ones at all? That's, yes. We, yeah, we so haven't she, yet, but that's on our list. Okay, so she, list. her, and then Lola, the, the killer in that movie, same energy. Like, they right. both, they, they know the assignment. And, and what I love about Rebecca Gayhart, especially in this role, in other roles, she is such an underrated character actress. She's great. Think about this role in both of its incarnations compared to her role in Scream 2. Yeah. High pledge. It's good. It is like it is it is unfortunate that you know she had a real life accident. Um and then like it kind of parallels what this movie's about. So it's like I'd only bring that up because of the Right, the oddity of like, um. So sorry for right. being a downer there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it, she and the one thing I love about this. Well, I don't love the one thing I kind of criticize about because I'm all for female killers. I love sure, them. and I sure. love that her motivation is revenge, and she just it, wants to get yeah. revenge on Natalie, and I, I love that. I wish there wasn't the boyfriend added into no, it. No, she. And then they bring it up and we're getting to, so she, the gun's drawn and she's ready. And she's like, she wants to do the urban legend of cutting the spleen of the kid, the, the kidneys out and putting her on ice Yes. to, um, to Rebecca. No, I'm sorry, to Natalie. And what really stops it all is Jaroletto comes in and cause she's in love with him. Which, yeah, it is an exhausting trope on that. Is well, she's and you like, find that, and you find like, out her boyfriend is the one that yeah, that Natalie and her friend killed. Yeah, so it's like Rebecca's character is completely just wrapped up and like she's in revenge, but then she's also like, we'll make a great couple. Uh, we could do it all, and it's very. It all falls apart at the last minute when you bring that up. Yeah, yeah, and she loot, and I feel like as a killer she loses something. And I think that's something that kind of production companies in Hollywood kind of fall victim to is that, I mean, women can just be psychos. Like yeah. they have to have a reason. No, no. And I think it's, uh, yeah, it's a good point, dude. Uh, she, 
because there's not many female. I didn't, that I didn't think of it this way, but you, you know, in all the times I've seen it, but you're bringing it up. I'm like, that is a good point because she's just being crazy. Like she yeah. could just, and it's great, and I love movies at this time too because they don't try hard to make us sympathize or anything, and you know she was half wrong and she's on revenge. It was like, no, she's fully lost it. She doesn't need any of that other stuff. I just yeah. feel like the Jared Leto is more of a, like a deus ex machina kind of. And I think they're trying to give him something to play on, but he's I don't need him. He he's go. really not needed in the movie. Natalie and Reese can handle the rest of this movie and Rebecca Dayhart can handle the he's rest. He's not needed in this movie. No. Um, no. So, that happens, and the the fight goes out to the the bridge with the on the water. Yeah, well, because they said okay, so yes, back to the whole like scream mentality of like, okay, we killed her because she flies out, reshoots her, and she goes out the window, yeah. and then they're like, okay, we're safe, and then somewhat for some reason, Natalie and Paul are driving somewhere. I don't know where they're driving to, and, and they're just she, driving away, right? And she's in the back of the car to. Give us a book, yeah. and they wreck, and she flies off into the into the the river. And yeah, so- and then it then it cuts, and we actually don't know what happens until, um, until we see, um, it cuts to another group of friends sitting around, and they they're all dressed very funnily, and they're all forty. Right. Uh, oh, they were worse than the actual. Like, oh yeah, no, they yeah. <laughs> But I was like, none of them are or yeah. you're not trad. You're not. And then they were the, the the commentary, which was the writer, director, and um, Michael Rosenbaum. And Michael Rosenbaum, who's like a funny guy, he was like, "What's with the outfits?" And they were like, "That's just like how we thought people might dress in the future a little bit." And it was like, "Okay," but the reveal there, let alone they're um, they're in they're in the coffee shop, um, is telling the story of the events that just happened, and we reveal that. Who else? Rebecca Gayhart, uh, Natalie, is with that group, and she's still alive. That's how I look at it, that it's the same character. She got away, she did the kills, and she's on the loose. And we kind of get the, we kind of get her answer in the sequel. Right, right. But, yeah, and I think that, well, the sequel as a whole has a ton I of actually, issues. I have it coming tomorrow on Blu-ray, because I really didn't own it. Yeah. So I'm going to probably watch it this weekend. It's fun. There's some really fun performances. I do enjoy that they're, you know, there's an actual queer character, which, love that. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it in a couple of years, so I, I don't remember the, the character. Um, it's, uh, I want to say it's Eva Mendez who plays her. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like an offense. Like, I always, for this time, I always feel like, you know, try to differentiate, like, the offensive queer characters and then just, like, uh, no, not characters, there. just like people. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. No, she's um, there and she's a lesbian. And I'm like, get it. Yes, I kind of, <laughs> like I said, I'll, I'll rewatch it. I, I, uh, it's not uh, terrible, but it's no, not. I, it's fine, <laughs> people. Yeah. Um. So and that and that's Urban Legends. Um. It's. I I do enjoy the movie. Like, I own it. It's fun. It's fun. Um. And it's it's an easy it's an easy one I have mentioned a few times like and throughout this whole podcast. My wife doesn't do horror movies. It's one she could put on and she enjoys and she watches and she laughs and we have a good time watching it. And uh, so I always like a movie like that too. Cause yeah. and, and like I said earlier, I think one of the best things about this movie is that I do feel like 
the vast majority of the people who are in this film, aside from Paul and Natalie, <laughs> know what movie this is. Yeah. They're taking it seriously. They're having fun. You've got Tara Reed giving a blowjob to a microphone. Yeah. I you wish know? we had more Tara Reed. I wanted more. I want Tara Reed and Reese to be our final two girls. <laughs> uh, I mean, Tara Reed might return today, but she doesn't look. She won't look like herself anymore. She so don't. Uh, <laughs> um, having said that, this was—I uh, don't think I mentioned it. This was made for fourteen million, and it was a hit. It made seventy-two million dollars, seventy-two point five, at least what Wikipedia says. Um, and to before I ask you for your anything else you want to talk about, final thoughts. Um, just again, I did write them down. The urban legends that were mentioned through the whole thing for anyone keeping score was Killer in the Backseat, Hatchet Man, um, which is an unnamed killer targeting college campus. That's just uh, Bloody Mary, uh, Pop Rocks and Coke, uh, Boyfriend Murdered, uh, the, the car one, uh, Guy in the Backseat, Glad You Didn't Turn on the Lights, Ankle Slash, Roller Coaster of Love, Old Lady Drives the Dog in the Microwave, The Kidney Heist, Call from inside the house and a reference of spider eggs in the bubble gum. And I, I'm sure I'm missing a few, but they really do jam a lot of them in, and that's what I want to see here. Yeah. Um, a couple things. Uh, I so like googling it, and I feel like COVID killed this. It was a pop for a remake. Yes, and even back then, it was. They thought about doing a third movie if the second one was successful but it was uh, wasn't no i in 2020 it was a in february 2020 it was announced that we're going to remake this and i think sort of casting and i feel like COVID killed it but with this new scream out and it looks like it's going to be a hit fingers crossed yeah fingers crossed <laughs> yeah yeah it looks like it's going to be a hit it's probably going to revitalize a lot of these hey what ip do oh. we have yeah, because well, yeah, we just got Candyman, which was a fairly good. Success. I loved Candyman. It was a great film, and I think even box office wise, in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. did pretty well. You've got Scream coming out. You've had the Chucky series, which was a huge success. Yeah, we got a nice little. Uh, um, it wasn't a hit or anything, but anyone listening, the Wrong Turn. It was not slash, but the Wrong oh, Turn remake was great. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, so we got a nice little revival of like slashers right now. Having Hellraisers um, coming out at some point. Was yeah, and it, it's cool. There's some cool casting with that. That I'm excited for. Exciting. I think Urban Legends. Um, I'd like to see it as a series, only because of the format. We could kind of take each episode and and focus on a legend and give it a little more long play for yeah. benefit. And I'm not a big fan of everything being a series. I just want to make that clear. Like. It, <laughs> Um, I, I think if you do make it a series, the struggle you would have, which I, did, I think it could be done, but I think that you would have to still, because one of my, I don't like Monster of the Week series. Oh, I like Monster like, of the Weeks. So that's, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I like, well, and you could do like Supernatural early mm-hmm. seasons, did it well, where there was a through line that you continued to follow, but it was kind of Monster of the Week. I can handle those. So okay. Something like that. Um, I, I would do this more if it was a series. I would do more like the first screen season we were talking about yeah. off camera. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it is slow play. There's a different way to go about it. Um, but, um, so what do you, anything we didn't bring up or like final thoughts on this um, movie that, uh, you know, we glossed yeah. over or just. I think, know. I'm pretty sure I brought it up, but I just want to, I want to mention that. I think this is other than Scream because mm-hmm. every every other series tried to do this to varying success, but I do think this is the one of one of the better examples of 
red herrings because you get a ton of them. Yeah. You first you first get the gas attendant, then you get um uh then then you kind of you you know you you think it could be the professor and then it mm-hmm. could be the janitor and then you think oh it's got to be connected to this previous massacre that happened where they were the only two survivors at one point you know you kind of think it could be Paul. So no, finally end up being Rebecca Gayhart. I was like, okay, you you took me on a journey. Yeah, it, it was definitely a good guess who. Um, and I like that word you've been using, the red herrings. Um, and one thing I, I want to leave this off at as is, because we're talking about post-Scream and right. this movie being better one. So I did just a quick Google of post-Scream movies. Right. So I feel like we mentioned two. And there's one I've never seen. I remember the blockbuster cover, and it's from the same director. Uh, Valentine. Was Denise it, Richards in it? Never seen it's, it. It's it's okay. Yeah, it's, I like this better. And then sure. uh, Ch- Bride of Chucky is this is a post screen movie. Um, I'm just reading what they have here. Oh, you know what's one we did fail to mention? Um, I think it's a big one. The Final Destination. Yeah, it's hard for me because those aren't technically slashers i don't think they have the same structure structure like, yeah. the death is a slasher um yeah this has how i love halloween h2o but this is Halloween h2o as number one so well and funny because they used um a scoring part of scream they directly used in halloween h2o <laughs> oh i didn't know that that yeah. oh you just brought up one thing that i have a note about that i thought it was i'm not smart but i thought it was the smartest thing i ever wrote down um so uh anyone still listening um this movie's overscored yeah i think this movie doesn't have confidence in itself to let scenes be scenes so they they really ran and it's a good score like it's what it got credit for i think robert it was the only thing robert roger ebert gave credit to this movie for um but yeah it's over to me it's overscored it's it's like you know, we're talking here. It doesn't let anyone talk. It's like, all right. And I mentioned the word killer. And then it's like, and it's like, Ooh, just let the scene breathe a little bit. That was my one takeaway I meant to mention early. So. Oh, another scene that I think is really great in this film. And I think going, I made a comment earlier about the parka being a decent choice. Um, is the scene where Rebecca Gayhart's character is swimming and Natalie is above her mm. and see the person in the parka walk in. And it works to me because I haven't seen anyone else in a parka. If parkas yeah. were everywhere, I would have been like, oh, clearly that could be anybody. Mm-hmm. But you know it's a killer. You, you think, oh, shit, this is the killer. And Natalie's like trying to get her attention. Turns out it's just someone getting in the That's pool. a really good, uh, you know, we're talking about the parka and everything. It's a really good lazy Halloween costume. That is true. <laughs> it's you hot, very it's a hot easily one. do that. <laughs> yeah, the sweaty one, but. I mean, yeah. So, so, no, that's a good note, though. I like that pool. We didn't mention the swimming scene. I like that scene. Um, I mean, it so, was kind of weird that she took her jacket off because she was already in her swimming suit, but I was like. Hey, you know, you know how I, you go to the. You know how you go to the uh, and and timeline does make sense. I was about to say, you know how you go to swimming in September, um, <laughs> which in like New England it, it's kind of it's not freezing. And right. At the same time, they mentioned like you're graduating in a couple weeks at one point, and that doesn't make sense, also. Right. So, uh, let's watch this movie. Your disbelief a little. Bit. Have a, you know what? It's a really good. Um, 
and I use this term a lot on this show, it's a good beer movie. Yes, it would be like I'm sure everyone listening, if you want to rewatch this movie, go online, look for Urban Legend Drinking Game. Yeah, some drinks, film yeah. friends, Urban Legend Drinking Game. Um, and I can make one for you right now. Drink every time. Uh, there's an Urban Legend reference, obviously. Yeah. Uh, every murder. Um, every time Jared Leto comes in frame and you think, this fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, every time you're like, Natalie, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, that, you know, I think we covered a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't really, like, I'm trying to think, and this was an interesting one because, uh, and I kind of remember from choosing this years ago, like a lot of movies have like a lot of like fun facts and things built in. This is a little uh, thin in its fun facts, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. Um. Even watching the featurettes of it, they broke, Shell Factory broke out, which should just be one documentary into like six really boring interview processes of how they made the movie. And right. I watched two of them. Anyway, <laughs> having said that, uh, Trent, anything to add? And when can the people, where can the people find you? Um, I don't really have anything to add. I think that this has been a fun time. We got a lot discussed. It's a fun movie, y'all. Go watch it if you haven't seen it and rewatch it if it's been a minute because it had been a minute for me, you know, revisiting. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, this happened. So it was a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, you can follow me, um, on, uh, Twitter. I, I'm, I'm, I, to be fair, Sheree, who is my co-host, is a much better tweeter than I am. You're, you are both good Twitter followers. <laughs> um, my name on Twitter is Trent Reese 5 uh, R-E-E-S-E, like the candy. Um, and then on Instagram, if you want to follow me again, I post sometimes. I try to. <laughs> um, <laughs> my handle is trees0508. And of course, if you want to follow the podcast, um, A Nightmare on Fear Street, or wherever you can find podcasts, mostly uh, Nightmare Fierce on Twitter, A Nightmare on, Fe- on Fear Street on uh, Instagram and Facebook, we're everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we have uh, we'll have all your links and everything cool. in our in our, uh, in our bio. As always, uh, you can find me here in the Flyer State of Film channel. You can check out our recent episode. You can check out the episodes we have just posted which should be uh child's play and scream so you have a nice slasher a little run through of the last yeah, episodes yeah. Hey, um, like and you could follow me on twitter if you don't already at chendango one and our account at a uh, flyover state fear um stay frightful everyone welcome to flyover state of fear